Welcome in, Paul Waddlington. Busy at work reading his own work. <laughs> uh, what? Long- Sorry, Bobby. You, you startled me. I was just reading this book. It's, it's This is the most important book I've read since L. Ron Hubbard's Dianetics. <laughs> uh, Paul Waddlington, as only he can do, entering the chat here uh, on Texas football, our Saturday conversation. Paul, uh, that is a masterpiece indeed. Uh, Thank you, think sir. Texas football. Uh, I've got my own here sitting uh, table side as well. Uh, Paul, thanks for uh, joining us on this Saturday. Uh, we'll put the notes and news up so people can actually subscribe or purchase that hard copy uh, for you uh, if they get a chance and opportunity to. It is well worth uh, the uh, money to do so. It really is 177 pages of nothing but Texas football. This isn't you know, one of the smaller or one of those magazines you get on the bookshelves that only have two pages of Texas football and information. It is a plethora of uh, topics and info, uh, as well as how Texas is going to play its future opponents as well and their strengths, which I think is also interesting uh, as part of it, too. So, uh, Paul, let's let's get going. Uh, and I know that that you've got to. Uh, you've, you've dropped some news and nuggets on the board over the week. One of those is we talked about two weeks ago and ranked the offensive line or the offensive position groups in the Big 12. Let's talk about the defensive position groups in the Big 12 um, and, and really try to go down that and see where Texas sits because I've seen national rankings from guys like Phil, Phil Steele who have Texas number one across the board at every position group in the Big 12. That's not necessarily how we see it, although we do think Texas may have the depth or better depth than a lot of those teams. So let's start with the defensive line, right? Do you want to push it in, Paul, to where it's just defensive tackle slash defensive line and edge is separate, or do you want to go one group as a whole? No, let's go whole. Let's go holistic okay. uh, D line uh, because it does create some interesting um, conversation points. And really, all my deep dives and research for doing the preview, the, the 2023 Longhorn Football Prospectus, Thinking Texas Football, that's what informed these lists. Uh, probably I, I developed these themes a little more in depth when I go over each team and every opponent. But yeah, I want to talk about the defensive line because it does start all up front. And Texas, in my opinion, uh, and I think in a few people's opinions, has the best defensive line in the Big 12 Conference. Uh, And that is, Bobby, to your point, you made a great point about depth. I think a lot of that has to do with depth, particularly in the defensive tackle room. Uh, I think we're going to talk about number two in a moment. That's Cincinnati, not to bury the lead here. But Cincinnati has very good frontline starters. Uh, It's the only part of their football team that's in the top half of the Big 12, much less the outside of the bottom quartile, to be honest. But uh, they don't have the depth that Texas does. Bobby, I, I would, I would, I've really researched this. I'm hard-pressed to find a, a team in the country with more defensive tackle depth than the Texas Longhorns. This year. This year. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I think that's fair. The question you have, obviously, is Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, you don't know how good their young players are yet and and whether or not they're ready to take the next step. But as far as adults in the room, to your point, where we know these are productive juniors and seniors, 
I, I kind of agree with you. And you know, what let's let's talk about the other ones. You mentioned Cincinnati, all right? Yeah. Who else hits that list for you? Because Cincinnati, this this is a no surprise to me. Luke Fickle, that's where he really made hay at Cincinnati, where it was he actually created some a defense that was pretty not only did they have the up front guys, they had Sauce Gardner on the back end. Yep. Uh, you know, they he's a good defensive coach, in my opinion, and, and a good evaluator of talent. After though, Texas and Cincinnati, who are some of the other teams on the defensive front that you say plus or real a minus? Sure. You know, and just a, a quick overview of Cincinnati for the folks who may not be familiar with why they're on this list. They have a pair of standout defensive tackles. Jawan Briggs, who was first team all AAC last year. And then Dante Corleone, the head of the five families, Bobby. Uh, Corleone was a freshman All-American. He was PFF's highest rated defensive tackle as a true freshman. Uh, both NFL players, both about six feet, six one, 300 pounds, which is a common uh, descriptive for several Big 12 defensive tackles that are standouts, including our own Byron Murphy. I think that's something we want to put a pin in and discuss a little bit maybe at the end, Bobby. Uh, and then they've got some good guys. They've got a guy named Malik Van, who's a defensive end, who's sort of their uh, Baron Sorrell. He's just a big physical defensive end. He was injured last year. He's back healthy. And then they brought in a guy from Utah State who's going to be their pass rusher. His name's Daniel Grishik. He was uh, a very good pass rusher in the Mountain West. Top five in pressures in that league. Eight and a half sacks. He's a pure speed guy, hustle guy off the edge. He's about 240. Uh, so he can get run over a little bit in the run game. But I think Briggs and Corleone are going to create him a lot of opportunities. So that's why Cincinnati is number two. The drop-off to number three, Bobby, is, eh, I'd say, significant. Uh, I put Texas Tech at number three. And part of the reason is their defensive tackles. So, Bobby, once again, back to the theme, they've got a, a senior duo of Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford. And Hutchings and Bradford are both about six feet, 300 pounds. They're pinballs. And they're, they're mobile, and they've got a good motor. And what Tech really does, what Tim DeRuiter does with those two, is he runs a lot of games with them. They're constantly moving, and that really gives uh, bigger interior offensive linemen some problems, particularly some of the more slow-footed guys. Uh, and they, they can be very, very disruptive. Outside, of course, they lose Tyree Wilson. And I understand people are saying, how could you put their defensive line in the, in, at number three if they've lost Wilson? Well, they like the people that they've got on the edge. One of them is Miles Cole, who's about 6'6", 285. He hasn't really done it yet uh, at Tech, but they think this is the year that he comes out. He's a physical specimen and uh, looks the part. We're going to find out if he plays the part. And then opposite him, they have a guy from Syracuse who transferred in named Steve Linton. And Linton uh, was a guy who played at Syracuse. He's about 6'5". He's very quick. He's rangy. He's tall. He's got a lot of wingspan. But the, the orange could never put weight on him. He was playing at 215 on the edge. And Tech brought him in. They've got him up in the 240s. And according to Tech Insiders, I think they may be feeling their oats a little. We don't know. But according to Tech Insiders, this guy has been a, a problem off the edge. So that's why I put them at number three. Some of the honorable mentions, I've got Baylor. Uh, Baylor, of course, lost Siaka, Siaki Ika, the big nose tackle. They do bring back Gabe Hall and TJ Franklin. And Bobby, you probably know those names because they've been starters there since 2021. Uh, Gabe Hall is the better of the two. He's the better pass rusher. He's more disruptive. TJ Franklin had a little bit of an off year last year. 
Apparently he had a good off season. So apparently he's going to be back. Uh, so let's just say he's back to form. So they got their two four eye ends in that tight front that Aranda likes to run. What they don't have is that nose tackle. They brought in a big transfer, a big Juco who uh, via Louisiana tech named Jarrell Boykins. Uh, he's a big, huge guy, six, four, three We don't know if he's just a big guy, a space eater. And then there's a guy named Trey Emery. That's the backup. Uh, I don't think he was the solution. And that's why Aranda brought in Boykins. So Look, if one of those nose tackles hits, Baylor's got a, a top three front in this league. Uh, if they, if one of those nose tackles doesn't hit, uh, they, they don't belong in, the, in that top three, probably in the top five. And I think Dave Aranda is going to have a lot of trouble running that defense. Any, uh, any, any, uh, any of those, any, anybody in the Big 12 really a negative up front or worrisome for them? Yeah, half the league. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the, there's a, a good portion of the, the Big 12 that is ranges from bad up front to workmanlike, you know, which is a nice way of saying average. Uh, yep. Kansas State, their front was a strength last year, Bobby. They had Eli Huggins, who was very, very, I mean, criminally underrated as a nose tackle. And then, of course, they had uh, Felix Anaduke Azamoa. He's gone, the first round draft pick. Their replacements are quick, they're good. Um, rangy, active defenders, Bobby, they're light in the ass. And, and they're going to have a lot of trouble holding the line of scrimmage against a Texas, uh, against maybe even an Oklahoma. We'll see. They're going to have to scheme it. They're going to scheme it and slant it up. And I honestly think a team like Texas is going to run the ball right up their throat. And I think that's going to be a problem for them. Uh, so Kansas State takes a real step back there. Kansas, obviously, if – if you uh, if you uh, you know could punch through a wet paper bag, you could run the ball in the Jayhawks last year. Oklahoma, they brought in eight transfers in the interior defensive line. Uh, it, well, I'm throwing in one of their defensive end transfers, but one of the defensive end transfers, uh, Rondell Brothroyd, you may be familiar with from Wake. He's going to be a good solid guy. You talked about adults in the room. He's a, a senior, a lot of experience. He started, uh, I think. 25 30 games for Wake Forest. Texas uh, Texas looked at him and passed, did not go after him. And that's a position he's more of an edge guy. Yep. Uh, and the fact that they didn't is you know, I, I just wonder uh if they ended up making the right call there. Yeah, I I think we'll see. We're going to find out. I I don't think he's a big pass rusher per se. I think he got some sacks in the ACC. The bottom half of the ACC is terrible, so that doesn't really mean anything. But uh, I think he's going to start, and he's going to make them better at defensive end against the run. They've got Ethan Downs coming back. Ethan Downs is interesting, Bobby. You found him on the first team All Big Twelve, you know, league picks for all the media. I think it's off of name familiarity and stats because I watched OU play several times against better teams, and he did nothing. Uh, and then so I dug in, and he got up. He compiled all of his tackles for losses and sacks against SMU against a Mac team, against, uh, you know, some of the sorrier opponents that, that OU played. He's sort of a stats compiler. I don't think he was a difference maker, but I do think OU does have a chance to get better simply because they took so many bodies, Bobby. They're just going to keep throwing those bodies at the problem until they get better. And, uh, you know, I think that probably will improve their defensive line. Gotcha. Uh, Paul, before we move on to linebacker, I want you to say thank you to our sponsor, please, if you would. 
Absolutely. A big thank you to Gabe Winslow uh, from Market Advantage. Hey, we're ranking all these all these different positions and all these units in the Big 12. The rankings of the mortgage industry have come in, Bobby, and Gabe Winslow is once again on top. Uh, you can reach him at 832-557-1095. Hey, he's a really, really sharp guy. Uh, UT grad, law school degree. He's been in the industry for over 20 years. Hey, having a mortgage guy is a lot more than just getting a, 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 a quote rate, uh, a rate on a quote. Uh, it's about planning a, a strategy for your financial future. So even if you're not fully in the housing market or you're not sure if you're buying right now or anything like that, get started early, get pre-approved, give Gabe a call, lay out your financial situation and find out how he can create a strategy for you to get the house that you want. All right. Thanks, Paul. And thank you, Gabe, for your sponsorship of the Saturday Conversation. Paul, uh, continuing on, linebacker is a real uh, conundrum for the most part, not just in the Big 12. Yes. But it's it's kind of this forgotten position in college sports. I, I really believe that. It's un, unappreciated. Um, you know, some people play only with two. Some play with three. It all depends, right? Um, your thoughts on uh, the linebacker spot across the Big 12? Yeah, the advent of spread offenses has really changed the position, Bobby. And you almost feel like the guys you get from high school have been a little bit undercoached for traditional linebacking skills because you're basically just pointing and aiming them and they're either dropping in coverage or they're blitzing. And you need to do a little bit more than that to, to stop an offense running counter gaps, right? Or running a pin and pull and diagnosing it correctly. Uh, this is the, the hardest one to rank, Bobby, uh, because there's a few candidates. And I'm actually surprised to say, after doing all my deep dives and, and viewing maybe linebackers a little bit of a, an insecurity for Texas, I kind of have Texas at the top. If they're not number one, I think they're number two. And a lot of that had to do with the spring game and the, and the explosion on the scene of Anthony Hill. Uh, from, from what I've heard and, and from people I really trust, what he did in that spring game was not just consistent with what he's been doing in the entire offseason, but if anything, uh, he didn't fully show his abilities. So that's a scary thought. Now, I don't think he's a refined, polished linebacker yet, but he is an agent of destruction. And what we're going to do is point and aim him and tell him to break things. And then backing him up is going to be the reliable stalwart Jalen Ford, who Jay, I don't know if you know this, Bobby, and this is a commentary on Jalen's excellence, but also the fact that our defense needs to step it up. He was responsible for seven of the 14 turnovers that the Texas defense forced last year. I was asked in a, in a live stream, Paul, you know, who, who's going to have four or five total turnovers? And I was like, you know, I, I thought to myself, well, Jalen Ford will be one. Yes. But I also mentioned Jade Barron, I think, has an opportunity this year to move forward. But you know, I agree with you that they have that that stalwart slash reliability at that position is so huge. And then furthermore, I, I think they have a guy in Jet Bush that even backs him up that can be a reliable backup. It's the op, the one opposite them that most people are concerned with. And so I, I, I look, I get it. I think they've got the Maurice Blackwell. I think Mo Blackwell is going to be uh, have a big role on this team. David Benda as well. Outside of Texas, though, is there two teams that you would rank two and three? And then yeah. is there, again, anybody that is just, oh, boy, what are they going to do? Yeah, and in fact, it might be one, one number one, and that's TCU. Uh, they bring back Johnny Hodges, who the Navy transfer. You don't see this often, Bobby, but 
tell you what, he's a physical guy and he's a good traditional meat and potatoes linebacker. You know, the guy, the, we were just lamenting the absence of these linebackers in college football. That's what Johnny Hodges is. He, I, I was not sure about him. And then I watched him in a couple of TCU games. He did a really good job and he's coming back. And then they're bringing back Jamoy Hodge. Uh, Jamoy Hodge is pretty explosive. He's more of the point and shoot guy. Uh, he has a knack for knocking opposing quarterbacks out of the game. Uh, that's one of his particular set of skills, whether, whether legally or through a targeting penalty. Uh, but he also, as a guy who had four and a half sacks, he is going to replace D. Winters as the stunt linebacker, as the interior blitz linebacker. So I think you should expect him, you know, if you can find some, um, you know, Vegas over under on uh, TCU Jamoy Hodge sacks, and it's set at four and a half or five, take the over because he's going to be Gillespie's dedicated blitzer because TCU is going to have real trouble dedicate uh, or gathering a pass rush from their front. Um, they're, they're really loose, uh, a couple of important guys in their front, and they're scrambling to find replacements. So I think they're going to bring Jamoy Hodge a lot. And then I think TCU likes their depth. Uh, Gary Patterson did a pretty good job recruiting linebackers always, and I think they like the guys behind them. So I like TCU. They might be number one ahead of Texas just because they have more guys. Um, we're a little insecure about Texas's depth maybe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. But... I think the the final linebacker group, it's really a choice between two, in my opinion. It's either Oklahoma or Oklahoma State. Uh, OU brings in a, a big transfer, Desan McCullough. Uh, he's been the talk of OU camp. Uh, apparently, he's everything that he was promised. He's a big, rangy, six foot five, two hundred and twenty five pound guy. Runs really well, very fluid, very quick. At first, the thought was that they were going to try to play him on the edge. He's too light to really play consistently out there. So what they're going to do is play him at linebacker and they're going to line him up all over the field. And then they're going to use Danny Stutzman as their Jalen Ford. He's not as good as Jalen Ford. Uh, if you guys watch that Texas OU game, you can watch Rashawn Johnson leave a uh, cleat marks on his chest as he runs him over. But uh, Stutzman's not a bad player. And then they bring in a guy who was highly recruited named Jaron Kanick. Uh, that is kind of a, was a big recruit, very fast guy, uh, sort of their Teddy Lehman uh, <laughs> sequel. Uh, you guys remember that uh, meme of jokes of Teddy Lehman uh, running, you know, four one forty according to OU fans. But he's supposed to improve that group as well. So I think they have some potential to improve quite a bit. And then you've got Oklahoma State. They've got Colin Oliver, who's an edge player. They moved him to linebacker. They're going to actually use him as a stunter once again. And then they've got Xavier Benson and a transfer that came in uh, from Tulsa. And that Tulsa player's name is Justin Wright. 
I'm not sure how good Justin Wright is, but I know at his le- at his league, at his level, he was an all-conference performer. So Oklahoma State may have a pretty good linebacker group. Uh, OU could develop into a good linebacker group based on Desan McCullough's ability to disrupt. But I kind of like Texas and TCU as my safer picks to, to really deliver in 2023. Anybody really bottom of the ranks that's just searching for linebackers, or is that half the league again? Uh, you know, I will say another group that I actually like, uh, and that's Kansas State. Before I go into that, that's Austin Moore and Daniel Green. Austin Moore looks like the most athletic dude that was in your frat. Uh, he does not look like a college football player, but he's got a knack for football. I mean, he's probably weighs 215, but he's just a good football player. And then Daniel Green is the opposite. He looks like a freaking physical force, 245-pound jacked guy. Uh, and he's been starting at Kansas State forever. So I actually like their group. They could have made their the, the, the number three group for me too. Uh, as far as who's deficient, Bobby, a, a lot of other teams are deficient. You know, they might have one guy – who's acceptable, and then everyone else is kind of weak. Texas Tech, I will note, I like their defensive line. I like aspects of their secondary. Uh, I think linebacker is a big weakness for them. And if you're going to scheme them up, if you're going to target people on their defense, it should be their linebacker core. And I think Steve Sarkeesian knows that. I think we're going to have some interesting wrinkles targeting that deficiency in that Red Raider defense when Texas plays them around Thanksgiving. Yeah, T plus one. All right, let's go to DBs now, Paul. Uh, you know, the Longhorns, again, have some good guys back there. What are your thoughts about Texas vis-a-vis the rest of the Big 12? Yeah, I think Texas might be the deepest secondary in the Big 12. But I've got TCU ranked number one, Bobby. Uh, they've got standout returnees and cornerback Josh Newton, a really good player who's actually a former transfer from ULM. Uh, Bud Clark was a bit of a revelation playing the nickel position. In his first year as a starter, he led them in interceptions, five interceptions. He had that amazing pick six against Michigan in the playoff. Not your prototype nickel, Bobby. He's about 6'2", 190 pounds. Very interesting player. And then they got a couple of other guys that are returning, uh, got a ton of starts under their belt. One of them is Mark Perry. I know it's a guy that you've mentioned to me before. I've really come to appreciate him. He's about 215 pounds. He's a big kind of run enforcer safety he actually runs better than people think. He was a 10-700 guy in high school. He's not really a coverage guy. What he does is he supports the run from depth. And he's got he's really good at it. And Texas fans, if you want to comp, although he's not as talented as this guy, Deshaun Elliott was a guy who was really good at that. He could be 14 yards off the ball and run up and diagnose the play, and it's a two-yard gain, right? And and that's something Mark Perry brings to that secondary that I really like. Uh, they've got Bradford. They got Abe Kamara, who is sort of their super sub, all-purpose guy. The guy they're obviously going to miss is Hodges Tomlinson, phenomenal player. They're going to bring in two guys who are going to battle over that position at corner. That's Avery Helm, who's a transfer from Florida. And then Channing Canada, who was a highly rated Juco cornerback. Uh, right now, Helm seems to be leading. He's not going to be as good as Hodges Tomlinson, obviously. But the rest of that secondary is really good. I love TCU's secondary, uh, and I have them first. Do you have any thoughts on them? No, I, I think that the, the, my overall piece on TCU is I don't expect them to take a big drop on defense. The, no. The I think question is, is whether or not – I mean, Garrett Riley led them on offense last year. They they were really good on offense in, yes. cr- in crucial situations. 
Uh, that's the thing I think about both Lincoln Riley and Garrett Riley. Unlike a lot of, you know, air raid type guys, they call the game really well in the fourth quarter, typically. Well, that's uh, a great point. Opinion. Yeah. That's and, really and so, They're not just stat accumulators. Right. They, they call a nice game in the fourth quarter when it's kind of, and they know it's down to it. Um, but no, I, I like TCU a lot. I like them on defense. I think Joe Gillespie has a good defensive front and a good defensive game plan. Anybody else in the big 12 that you think has a really strong secondary, really weak secondary. I'm kind of probing for the pluses and minuses. Texas, Texas is a close number two. The only reason I took TCU is they're a little more battle tested and they create more turnovers. So I love Texas's depth. Uh, Ryan Watts, Terrence Brooks, Gavin Holmes. I mean, Manny Muhammad. Texas has got a legit two deep uh, at every position. Safety, I like Jaron Thompson quite a bit. I think he's unheralded. I think he does a better job than people realize. Jalen Catalan is sort of a lottery ticket if he's healthy. I mean, phenomenal. He's a first-team all-SEC type guy. If he's not healthy, I think we can replace him and, and have other guys. I think B.J. Allen showed out a little bit in the spring. And I absolutely am in love with this freshman class that just came in of DBs. Uh, just all of those guys are really good and, and performing uh, at or above expectation. Warren Roberson just keeps getting mentioned over and over as like this sort of spark freak. So uh, what do you think? I, you know, my question, my biggest one is OU secondary just looks so bad last year. Yeah. Um, discombobulated, uh, disarray, all of those things. Not, not, not fast enough, not quick enough. What's the so, problem? Did, did they, did they solve that or they, not? They, they may have, and here's how they do it, Bobby. Brent Venables saw the same thing we did. Yeah. So yeah. They brought in Reggie Pearson from tech who also started at Wisconsin before transferring to tech. And he's just a very experienced safety. He's there to get them to stop busting coverages. He's there to communicate and set the back end. Okay. That's going to help. They got Woody Washington at one corner. He's solid. Uh, he didn't turn into the sort of the star that OU fans were hyping him into. He's good. I think their upside rests on two people, two Bs, Bowman and Bowen. Bowen is their super freshman uh He's he's living up to the hype, according to all the OU people that I trust. And then Billy Bowman is really good. They need to stop playing him at like the weird safety position, and they just put him at nickel and and let him be their Jade Baron because he has that skill set. He's really quick. He's really explosive. He's instinctive. And I think you take your lumps of Bowen. I would put him out there as a freshman, and 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 let him get out there and play because. I think he's got rare ability level. Uh, he's he is committed still to OU. Uh, he, you know, he's the guy who famously had what three different commitments within forty eight hours of signing day. Hey, it's a business, Bobby. We're going to see more and more of that. But uh, I think that's the upside for their secondary because I saw the same thing you did, Bobby. They weren't just lacking in athleticism; they were just blowing coverages. I mean, TCU outright embarrassed them, uh, whereas Texas sort of carved them up more methodically. TCU just humiliated them. And, you know, people, I always laugh because people say, well, Dylan Gabriel was out for those games and or part, portions of those games for TCU. And it's like, if Dylan Gabriel had played against Texas, we win that game 63 to 28, right? It just means we run offense into the fourth quarter. 
Same thing with TCU. They would have won the game like 62 to 21 or 28. I mean, it, it wouldn't have changed the game, and it just would have beat up their defense even more. Uh, um, one, one defense worth mentioning, Bobby, that's going to be pretty good. Surprise, surprise, Iowa State on the secondary is going to be more than the sum of their parts. Uh, their star, their really good player is TJ Tampa. He's a big, long, rangy corner, about 6'2", long arms, ch good change of direction. And then the rest of their group, typical Iowa State, Heacock plug-ins, just playing that, that, that sort of three-safety coverage. Malik Verdon, Bo, Bo Freiler. They've got another guy opposite TJ Tampa and Miles Purchase, who's just sort of a, a good cog in the machine. I think they're going to field a good secondary. The problem that they're going to have is that they really lost some key guys up front and at linebacker uh, that I think were important to their defense. And I don't think Iowa State fans even fully realize that uh, until they, the balls start flying. Yeah, I trust Heacock to field a good defense, but I think they're going to take a step back despite their secondary being pretty good. Let me ask you this. Um, two teams that I want to ask you about overall on their defense. Let's just take defense as a whole now that we didn't talk that much about. You talked a little bit about K-State on the D-line. Yes, what, about, what about Kansas? Are they going to be – I mean, they were horrible on defense. Are they going to be improved at all? And, I mean, they're, they should have a tremendous offense. Yeah. Like, one of the best in the country. I know that sounds just odd, but that's got to help their defense as well. Any thoughts on Kansas right now? Two thoughts. Uh, their secondary is actually potentially pretty good. Kobe Bryant is a good cornerback. Uh, they've got a pretty good experienced safety uh, back there with, uh, of course, Kenny Logan. The, unfortunately, they Kenny Logan's a run support safety. Like they had him covering verticals and they need to fix that. Their, their defensive coordinator messed up some of the disposition of their talent, even though their talent's thin. Uh, up front, they brought in a, a transfer from Colorado State named Devin Phillips. He's a good run stopper. He's got like 36 starts in his career over. His, it's going to help them quite a bit. Unfortunately, they don't have a pass rush, Bobby. And when you play good offense, you're going to put points on the board. Kansas is going to put points on the board. Don't doubt that. I don't know if they can play ball control on offense the way that Kansas State can. Because Kleiman can protect his defense. I don't think that you can play the full Kansas offense playing protection football. You got to take those deep shots with Jalen Daniels when they avail themselves. So... That's a problem. And then their ability to pass rush, they're going to have problems finishing games, Bobby. You know, they're going to get some leads. They're going to get some 21-point leads. If you guys like live in-game betting, Kansas opens up a 21-point spread on somebody pretty decent, well, you might want to bet on the other team coming back because Kansas cannot get to the quarter quarterback. So they either have to devise some really clever blitz packages or they just have to accept it and play drop eight and try to turn over the opposing quarterback. Main thing they can do, Bobby, to your point, is just put a bunch of points on the board and then try to hold on. Got it. Got it. All right, uh, Paul, uh, thank you so much for your time again on this Saturday conversation. Defensive groups, Texas looks good. Across the board is the summation. Uh, yep. The question is, is it going to be good enough to carry the day when they show up against a TCU team that held, them in held the Texas offense in check last year? Can Texas uh, slow down? Kendall Browse's group now instead of Garrett Riley's. Uh, Texas Tech had some had some success against the Texas defense. Outside of those two, not many people did. Will uh, Will Howard maybe moved 
move the ball a little bit. Spencer Sanders is gone at Oklahoma State. Of course, the Longhorns don't play him, but uh, going to be interesting this year. All right. Four, a little parting uh, Paul, thought. Paul, oh, one so final thought. No, no, one final thought. I want you to say one more thing, one more time, how they can get your book, because I really do believe, and I'm just going to, well, I've got one too. So I'm not, All right. I'm not just fibbing here. I want you to tell folks how they can get that. Absolutely. So you can buy the print version that we are, Bobby and I were holding up at Amazon. It'll be in your hot hands in 24 to 48 hours, depending on your prime membership. You can go buy the e-version right now, get it in your hands instantly on Smashwords. That's compatible to any format, including your Kindle. Just select MOBI. And then finally, you can get it at Apple. Just go to the Apple store, buy it, and it'll instantly be downloaded to your iPad, your phone, whatever, you know, even your desktop. A lot of people read it that way. And then just a final quick thought on Texas's defense ramping up. I think Texas will have the best defense in the Big 12. I think they're going to have potentially an elite defense. What will determine that? How they handle money downs. Uh, last year, they were a little passive on money downs. Maybe you can say that was a function of the personnel. Uh, maybe, maybe Pete's going to feel a little more aggressive on money downs, and we're not going to keep playing some bend but don't break against inferior quarterbacks like Donovan Smith, Hunter Deckers. You know, we did a better job against – Bryce Young and, and freaking Michael Penix Jr. than we did against Hunter Deckers and Donovan Smith. And that had to do with money down football and not conceding the easy throws. That's absolutely what Ian and I talked about on Wednesday night uh, or Wednesday afternoon. Um, Texas literally gave up too much over the middle of the field on third and easy down, or third and seven and 10, uh, instead of trying to man up and, and really playing uh, the down and distance market. All right. Paul, thanks so much, man. Uh, I'll I'll see you again next week. Same bat channel, same bat time uh, for Paul Wadlington. I'm Bobby Burton. That's been on Texas Football.